and welcome to another episode of Life's a Bitch. I'm your host, Mazen Drabi, and in today's episode, we will be talking about the pathway on how to become a physician. But first, let me introduce you to my next guest. He's a car enthusiast, music connoisseur, <laughs> video game enthusiast, and one of my childhood best friends. Welcome, Thayeb Chima. Hey, man. How's it going? good how are you man good you excited i'm really excited let's do it (laughs) um all right so diving right into it can you tell me a little bit about yourself sure so i'm 28 years old just turned 28 last week um happy birthday thank you we celebrated together yes um so i was born in pakistan uh just like my host here um, I moved here when I was 11 years old, been living in Ohio ever since, except for this year. Uh, right now I'm in Chicago. Um, so guess from the, so I, I do have two parents and I have a little brother. He's in undergrad right now. Um, I was a three sport athlete in high school. I did swimming Ran track and cross country. I really just only did swimming just to stay in shape, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, in the middle of the year. Um, what would you say your favorite? Uh, cross country by far. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that sport. It was like a combination of contact sport plus team sport plus individual. Yeah. And there was like a, there was a lot of camaraderie uh, between like the cross country um, teammates because we really supported each other and like all our workouts, like all our practices after school, there was like a, a really like a mesh in our team and we really supported each other. And it was like one of those sports where you, it really does make a difference when you cheer the other person on. Mm-hmm. So, um, and me being kind of like a goal oriented person, uh, it kind of, suited me mm-hmm. well because every year like i would have different goals you know like for the 5k's like hit the 18 minute mark or you know 17 and whatever yeah and i was the same way with track like i ran a mile like i was setting targets for myself so that's why i kind of did I picked out those sports and um yeah then i went to uh undergrad in akron for two years graduated early went to matriculate up onto med school had a bit, a bit of a tortuous path. Um, I actually uh, switched to a different med school and um, mm-hmm. then went on to my training and residency and in Chicago right now. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I'm a big gamer. I love my Xbox. What's your favorite game? Uh, COD, Call of Duty, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I like those, uh, you know, the first person shooter games. Um, I think you're really good. Uh, thank you. It's levels to everything, man. You know, I'm okay. <laughs> You're okay. Um, a lot of my friends are a lot better, but anyways, um, what else? I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be my icon. I would say if I had to pick an idol, yeah, he would definitely be it. Um, people have hero heroes, you know, like I don't know, people they look up to for me. That's him. Yeah. Why? Besides my father, um, I really identified with him yeah and 
I kind of actually liken myself to him sometimes. Yeah. Um, identified with his struggles and like what he stood for. Um, I kind of got into it, uh, into him uh, through my dad. Like he was a big Muhammad Ali fan. He used to tell me like in the seventies, like the whole country would just stop what whatever they were doing and they would just sit down to watch his fights. Yeah. I thought that was amazing because, you know, that doesn't really happen nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he really transcended sports. Like he wasn't just an athlete. He was, he meant a lot more to so many people. Um, he was a community leader. Yeah. He was an example of how you should behave and act in when you have it all. Yeah. Uh, but really, I to me, he transcended sports and athleticism when he uh, basically stood his ground during the Vietnam War. Yeah. When he refused to be drafted. And I really identified with that. Um, so I just, you know, I really admired the way he lived his life and what he stood for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a great example of how you should never forget about where you came from. Yeah. And no matter where you're at in life, you should always try to give back. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially to where you came from. Right. Yeah. And your own people. Right. Because they're easy to forget about when, especially in a country like America, when you can really just morph into whoever you like. Mm-hmm. And there's enough opportunities to just go any route, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but him becoming a celebrity, really, uh, he never forgot that part of him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I really admire that. So you mentioned something about being from Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Where Whereabouts of Pakistan? Are you, are so you I was from? born in Lahore, Pakistan. Yeah. Um, it's a metropolitan city. Um, lived there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's older brother, my uncle, um, he came here back in the seventies. He started his own company, his airline company, air cargo company. And he wanted us to come here. And, um, so that's really like how we came here. Yeah. Um, just to kind of go back to like Muhammad Ali, where you were asking, like, you know, you know, my favorite thing about him and what really kind of makes me identify with him is his perseverance and his work ethic. Because like how we talked about, like, you know, when he stood up for his rights, like he refused to be drafted, he lost what was most precious to him. You know, yeah. uh, they took away the one thing no boxer could ever take away from him, his title. And for him at that time, that was the most precious, you know, thing to him. Yeah. And so when he lost that, he kind of lost some of his identity. And I really identify with his, the three years that he was banned from boxing, where he, that really shaped the rest of his life. And, you know, when he came in, when he kind of came back, he lost his reflexes. He wasn't the same he was before, but he made up for it by 
just becoming more he, he made up for it with his cunning he made up for it by becoming a more of a battling champion because he couldn't just rely on his great reflexes anymore right mm-hmm. so you have to train harder than anyone else he had to work harder than everyone else he had to outwit everyone else yeah and um you know he's, he used to say every champion must have two things it's will and skill mm-hmm. but for a champion this the will must be stronger than the skill mm. because if you're not using all of your will you're underutilized right you're you're not utilizing your full potential and that's the difference between just everyone and a champion mm-hmm. and um I, I really respect that i i identify with it and um you know that's how i try to live my life yeah um no those are like all great qualities to look uh to have and to strive for and i feel like you you me personally i think that's how you are uh today that you have all these amazing qualities in you um and i think that's why you could say that we are best friends is because of those qualities that you have. And I, uh, I, I really do appreciate your friendship a lot. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate your friendship. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I feel like another reason why we're such good friends is because we have similar tastes in music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. What, what, so can you tell everybody what kind of music? You so like? I feel like I have a very eclectic taste in music. It's kind of gathered from a diverse, array of artists uh i would say if i had to pick if i had to narrow down my favorite artists it would be like coldplay uh the weekend i guess drake whatever um recently i just got into some uh uh latin music anita oh yeah yeah it's great it is good mm-hmm uh, I think what, I just got you into it too. Yeah, thank yeah. you very You're much. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like she's the next J Lo. Just watch out for her. Wow, yeah. that's a big statement mm-hmm. right yeah. there. What makes you say that? Though? I don't know, man. Um, she's very talented. You know, she's got the moves like J Lo for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I can see that, but do you think she's gonna have that much fame? I don't know, man. I think she's just cool. Yeah. She <laughs> makes good music, you know? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a bunch of different people. Do you have like a, do you have a go-to music like the, genre or something like that? Or do you just have, this is general? I guess it kind of just depends on the day. Yeah. Um, depends on if I want study music or if I want like, like running music or if I just want something in the background or if I'm driving. Mm. So it just depends on the occasion, I guess. Yeah. I feel like when I'm driving, I really like listening to the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm studying, I kind of like listen to something mellow. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just kind of depends. Depends. Yeah. Um, on that occasion. You mentioned driving, uh, and you you're a car enthusiast, correct? Oh, yes. Uh, so what car do you drive currently? 
I would say I'm what's considered a purist. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> yeah, I I'm all about the drive. So for me, it can't just be going from a point A to point B. You know? Yeah. It's I don't just consider it a form of transportation. It has to be an experience for me. Yeah. You know? I, I think I told you this earlier. You yeah. Know? Like it for me, I have to feel the car underneath my feet, underneath my fingertips. Like I have to be able to hear the engine whining noises, the differential. Um it has to have really solid suspension. I have to be able to hear the exhaust note. Mm-hmm. I like the NVH, like the noise, vibration, harshness, like all the things that pe- regular, normal people don't like, like to me. have in their yeah <laughs> to have in their cars. I like yeah. You know, so it's just like part. It drives the experience for me. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, I just uh, I to me like I don't really personally care about Apple CarPlay or navigation. Those are just nice things to have. Yeah. Um. But I don't really care about them. Gotcha. You know, what I care about is how the car feels to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about that. I'd rather not say what car I drive because it uh, creates this. People perceive it differently. You know, like maybe they will make form some judgments. Everybody does. Regarding, yeah, everyone does. So I'd rather not. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, hey, that's fair enough. I'm not here to pressure you or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the less nice car. That's awesome. I drive a 2020 Honda Accord Hybrid, baby. Hey, that's a really nice car, man. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Me too. Uh, the white is really nice. That's it. my favorite color on cars for sure. Uh, I think you can't go wrong with the white, except yeah. it gets dirty quickly. That's okay. That's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> I get really good gas mileage on my car. It's amazing, it. man. Like I think I get almost fifty to the gallon. Jeez, yeah, that's how much my Prius back in the day used to give me. <laughs> Shout out Prius! Shout baby. out Prius! <laughs> that was my first car ever. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, my first car uh, was a Honda. Actually, CRV, and I love that. Car. Oh man, those days, the CRV days. Oh, oh bring it back! Crazy! Oh, my god. Um. Anything else, like any other hobbies you like to do or do you like to travel or anything like that? Yeah, I do like to travel. Obviously, right now, under these circumstances, it's uh, almost next to impossible. Um, But, you know, I'm kind of glad, actually, even right before the pandemic, uh, I kind of took a little mini vacay with my parents. Uh, We went down to Florida right Mm -hmm. before um, everything got shut down. So, right. Kind of glad that we made the most of it. Uh, I try to travel at least once a year. I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. I think everyone who has the means should absolutely try to travel. Yeah. I think it just, it breaks up the mundane day to day and also gives you perspective and how you see how other people live around the world, see what they eat, what they do, what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's, it's important. Yeah. Speaking of what people do, what do you do for a living? Uh, very beautiful transition, Moss. Uh, I am a physician. Uh, okay. So I'm, right now I'm in my residency. So that basically entails uh, training. Okay. So that's like a doctor in his training. So like, a, is it like an internship? Or no. Uh, how would you explain it? So it's three years, yeah. uh, depending on what specialty you go into. Yeah. Uh, so you're getting paid 
to become trained. So you're not, you don't have, you have a license okay. to treat yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, but you're still under scrutiny. You're getting, um, you're receiving training from attendings. Mm-hmm. So attending physicians are people who've uh, basically completed their residency. Gotcha. Can you explain the process of how to become, like, how do you get into residency and, like, what's the process before that? Can you explain all that? Sure. So, um, it is a lengthy process. Uh, It's very time-consuming. What's the average? So, it's four years of undergrad, then four years of med school, and then three to five years of residency, depending on what specialty, again, you decide to, you know, choose. Yeah. So... I personally did my undergrad in two years. I was in this accelerated program. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a bit of a tortuous path where I uh, switched med schools Yeah, uh, in the middle of my third year. Um, and then I just picked up where I left off and uh, completed my tr- or doing my training right now in uh, Chicago. And then I hope to go into fellowship. Yeah. Um, maybe Chicago. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Uh, it's looking like that. Um, yeah, it's depending on, you know, how far you want to take it. You could even take it a step further, subspecialize people, you know, it's, it's variable. You know? Yeah. But the process basically behind going into med school, applying for it, uh, it's a very standardized process. So uh, you complete your undergrad and you don't necessarily have to, you know, get a major in one of the, science classes like i personally yeah i had a major in natural sciences had a minor in chemistry but you don't have to do that like i knew people who went to duke and majored in music and you know oh, really went into medicine yeah. so you don't necessarily have to like have the medical no background uh no you don't but nowadays it's Preferred. becoming more and more competitive so yeah. it is definitely the preference if not almost a given that yeah. you have to have you know I don't know, like biochem, whatever. Gotcha. So then you have to take your MCATs, which is like okay. the standardized test um, that everyone has to take into for admissions, like yeah. into med school. How long is that test? Uh, I believe, well, they've, they keep changing it. it. When I took it, uh, it was about six hours, something like that. Yeah. It was like a written portion. They did away with that. There's a physics portion. There's a gen chem portion. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, it's always like a continual change in process, yeah. adapted, tried to weed candidates out mm-hmm. and see what works better to, you know, um, attract more competitive candidates yeah. um, and how to effectively weed out people. People, yeah. So um, after you take your MCAT and if um, you get into, or, so you start interviewing, right? So yeah. um, to be honest, for me, like it was a little bit different. So I, I went into med school right from undergrad, or excuse me, uh, right from high school. Mm-hmm. So I completed my, so I went to Anthony Wayne High School, graduated June 4th, 2011. June 6th, 2011, I was in Akron doing my undergrad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yours I, you guys a, remember, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was out of town after my graduation. You know? <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I rem- now I remember we were like in your house yes. when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so for me, you know, like I didn't really get summer breaks. Um, yeah. Uh, but most people, if they, if they choose the traditional route, uh, you do undergrad in four years and that's, to be honest, that's what I would say I would suggest. Okay. 
And um, why would you suggest that? Because the two years seems like a, I mean, a, a so shorter. Round you also don't want to kill yourself, right? So I was yeah. taking twenty four credit hours in a summer, something wow. that people don't, you know, most people don't even take in the regular fall or spring semesters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you take like eighteen, twenty, whatever. You know? Yeah. So, in the long run, yeah, like I don't regret it. I don't regret anything. Yeah. You know. But if my kids were to choose uh, medicine, yeah. I would definitely, you know, kind of suggest them going into the traditional route because you also mm-hmm. it also gives you time to mature. You know, like I feel like I was a pretty immature med student. Mm. <laughs> I was a twenty year old <laughs> med student. You know, like I feel like you do not belong in med school if you're twenty. Really? Yeah. Mm. So, uh, but to each their own right uh you know you can you can do whatever you want um so after the uh mcat and the interviewing process um you know hopefully you get into med school and then for med school uh there's four years so the first two years are your basic sciences uh where you learn um you know the pathophysiology the disease process you know this is basics and then uh, third and fourth year is like uh, your clinicals where you complete your clerkships uh, okay. at hospitals. So you're mm-hmm. kind of shadowing physicians, and, like okay. residents and like attending physicians. Gotcha. gotcha. So you're in the hospital and actually like on the uh, floors or in the ICU, whatever uh, rotation you're on. Yeah. Right. And um, that also is a very standardized process. You have to complete, you know, six weeks in pediatrics or you know nine weeks in internal medicine and so forth yeah uh, so it's different for each so yeah you have to everyone has to complete like a rotation in surgery Something. everyone has to do peds medicine you know like so it's ob guy and so i think that's a good thing uh, in a sense where you get you as the student get to uh you know experience every single different type of specialty out there and then and then decide for yourself if that's what you actually want to do. Yeah, exactly. So it's also, it's not just for you to gain the experience, but it's also for the med students to decide what career path they're going to endeavor on. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, that's when you actually get exposed to seeing patients yeah. and you learn how to talk to them. You learn how to talk on the phone in the hospital. And it yeah. is very different. I know it kind of sounds strange, uh, but it's, it's a different world. Right. It's, uh, you know, um, so, uh, fourth year, you kind of, so third year, you kind of do like the required elect, uh, the rotations. And the fourth year is when you kind of do the elective rotations, which means you choose and pick, you know, kind of what specialty you think you may be interested in and you try them out and then you apply into residency. Yeah. Um, and there's board exams like along the way in med school, like there's step mm. one, USMLE, like US uh, medical licensing exams. So you, okay. there's three of them, step one, two, three, um, after, after you pass the third one, you're fully licensed. Mm. Um, so, um, then you apply to residency, uh, and your fourth year med school. And that's also a very standardized process. Um, it's called ERAS electronic residency application system. Okay. Uh, where everyone from around the world, no matter what country you're from, you have to apply through that system. Mm -hmm. And um, then you start the, you begin the interviewing process. And um, 
you um, you know interview travel check out the places check out the cities uh, check out the programs meet the faculty um, and you know what they're really looking for the interviewers um, they're looking for two things I would say one is you know watching out for any red flags seeing if you're not a psychopath and you're just like a normal person yeah because uh, you don't want someone crazy uh <laughs> right. managing your health i don't think in anything yeah yeah in anything really yeah but especially here, here. Yeah. right um so they're also looking for you know your social cues seeing how you sit how you interact with people how yeah. they interact with you that's called your what is it bedside manner correct bedside manner too uh true for the patients that's bedside manner but you also want to be collegial and get along with everyone at work, like, yeah. you know, ancillary staff, like nursing, uh, your, your own colleagues, like your co-residents, your attendings. There's a lot like, and the thing is people in the hospitals, a lot of them have egos. Mm-hmm. So it is a somewhat difficult working environment for certain personalities. Cause there's a clash mm-hmm. of certain personalities mm-hmm. uh, at work and it is high stress. Um, so, you know, you do butt heads, so that's what they're kind of looking out for. You do have to be a resilient person. You have to be adaptable. You have to know how to get along with difficult people and work with them. Yeah. And, uh, you just have to kind of know how to juggle a lot. Yeah. So that's what they're kind of gauging in the interviewing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you on the candidate aspect, um, you're also gauging their level of interest in you. You're looking at the program, you know, looking at uh, the hospital and their food. The cafeteria is a really essential part of the interviewing process. Uh, really? I kid a little bit, but not really. Yeah. Uh, food is very important to us. We <laughs> get it wherever we can. We eat whenever we can. You That's will learn funny. how to eat very, very, very fast. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell. Um. Yeah, man, it's been great. So after that, you know, after you become a resident, it's up to you whether you want to uh, further specialize. So that's what's known as a fellowship. Um, that can be uh, from anywhere from one to three to four years. It's it's very variable. So it just kind of depends on the individual how far they want to take it. Yeah, man, that sounds like a very long and dedicated process you have to go through. Yeah. You have to know what you want. Uh, And, you know, you don't have to figure it out very early on. I I do know second career physicians. Uh, I know a few of them. A couple of them are actually uh, in my class. Um, One of them was a teacher, Mm -hmm. then decided to become a physician. Wow. Um, One of them was a baseball player, actually, in uh, minor leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, So... You know, some people do have these tortuous routes that they take, but yeah, um, you do have to kind of be certain that this is what you, you want because do. it is a grueling process. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not what you want it if, to be, or if you want it in it for the wrong reasons, yeah, then you will be either miserable or you'll just drop out. Yeah, and that does happen. A lot. Uh, I know people like one of my roommates uh, from med school did drop out, uh, became a, I think, high school teacher. Steve. Uh, 
shout out Steve, uh, because that's what you know he uh, really wanted, uh, and that's what he's happy doing. You gotta be happy with what you're doing. Yeah, exactly, man. You have to be happy doing your occupation. Like you, otherwise, you're just gonna be miserable. Yeah, right for sure. You also have to be happy doing whatever it is you're doing to be good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not necessarily have to be passionate about it. I believe that you have to be in order to give the best of care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really do have to enjoy your work. Otherwise, you're not going to do due diligence. You're not going to do justice by your patients. You're not going to be as thorough. Yeah. You know, so you do have to be happy doing it. So if it's not for you, you are allowed to, you know, change your mind. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. It's I also agree. a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of money that you're going to be investing. That's true. Uh, yeah. I I know from other people that I know that are going through this yeah. have a lot of college medical school debt. No, I do. I don't want people to be discouraged by that because no. you do pay it off very fast. Very, very fast. After. As long as you're, you know, provided you're responsible. You yeah. Know, buy a Rari right out of residency. <laughs> <Rari>. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, I no, I appreciate you telling me about like the process of how becoming a physician and in that pathway of of so many different things that you can do. Um, now, during this these difficult times during the pandemic, mm-hmm. how has your work been affected during this time? So, a lot of residents, a lot of my coworkers have been catching it. And they've, uh, you know, they got sick. And so a lot of us do get pulled in to cover them, mm-hmm. um, which is no big deal. You know, um, I guess the only way it poorly affected me would be like in the ICU. Like all we do is ch- take care of COVID really right now, honestly. Yeah. So I guess it's not the best for learning. You know, for our training, because we just do the same thing over and over again for all these COVID patients, right? There's, it's really, we just throw steroids at them. It's all we can do, right? We prone them, like meaning turn them on their stomach. Like there's not much else that works that we found so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not great learning. And right now we're full of COVID in Chicago. Yeah. So it's not great learning. So that's how it's kind of affecting my training. Otherwise, you know, uh, I have to say, uh, I'm very lucky to be in this field. You know, it, it didn't really affect my job security or anything like that. Um, so, it, you know, it did also affect me in a positive way. Yeah. You know, uh, it gave me perspective. Uh, it showed me <laughs> how um, precious life is because, to be honest, it is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, last month I kind of saw the worst of it all, um, Mm. because whoever catches COVID and ends up in the ICU, that's not a good sign because Mm -hmm. more often than not, they don't make it out of there. Yeah. Um, but you also get to take care of really sick patients, man. Like you, uh, it's a very gratifying experience and we do have some success stories. Um, so 
would would you say that it's getting crazy busy though yeah yeah so you know uh right now like our chief was emailing us and trying to figure out i guess to put in backup plans in case that there's too many people out like for coverage you know yeah so we created like a second jeopardy team okay uh, because i think five or six residents called in sick uh really? last month mm. now now with the the vaccines coming out yes um how, how's your experience been with that they're, they're very promising the data right now has been very promising um so right now we have Pfizer and Moderna. Mm-hmm. Those are the two main ones. Uh, there's still clinical t- trials like at other academic centers like UH, University of Pennsylvania, uh, that are working on other vaccines. Yeah. Uh, but right now, the only ones that have emergency authorization is Moderna and Pfizer. So mm-hmm. uh, our hospital system is using Pfizer. Uh, a lot of my co residents just got vaccinated i unfortunately was on vacation well for yeah well i unfortunately i missed out on the vaccination yeah, because yeah. they started it right when i came on vacay right um but i'll get it when i get back yeah. so i i did read up on it you know i was somewhat skeptical in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, i feel like there is a lot of misinformation out there yes people please read up on it but use trusted sources so what i mean by that is go on cdc Okay, go out to NIH. Don't read whatever it is you're reading on your social media mm-hmm. uh, because you don't know what the source is right. for that information. And there's a lot of misinformation, unfortunately, being uh, thrown out there. Twitter be one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like mm-hmm. those are kind of game changers, man. Like 95 effective rate, like 95% effective rate. That's way higher than the flu. You know, the flu vaccine doesn't have that uh, efficacy rate. Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, the only thing that we need is, like, long-term follow-up data, which we'll get, you know. Uh, But from everything that I've read up on it, it's safe. Okay. And I actually have one of my friends here who took the Pfizer vaccine, uh, and he didn't experience any side effects. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone who I've talked to who got the Pfizer vaccine has not experienced any negative uh, you know effects like even people who uh, like took the moderna vaccine didn't experience any adverse effects yeah not that i know of yeah okay yeah um but i think they're gonna be a game changer because um i really think that it's gonna decrease the transmit transmission rates and the positive um you know uh the positive uh rates are gonna go down that's good. I'm glad. Um, the, the, those, the people out there listening to this, uh, I, I highly urge you to get vaccinated. Please. Yeah. Please. Be helpful for everybody. <laughs> uh, do you want to go back to your restaurants or not? <laughs> I don't think it's a great idea right now. I'm talking about the vaccine. Never mind. What? It's okay. um anyways um what's a common myth about your career that you would like to debunk common myths yeah i mean they all think everyone just thinks we sit there getting paid millions of bucks 
you have no idea. <laughs> um, we can be. It's it's. It is a lot of BS that you have to deal with as a resident. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of social work. You know, I, I feel like a lot of people who pick this route don't truly understand what goes into it. Uh, all that it entails. Yeah. Um, they kind of has have this like rosy picture of a really comfortable lifestyle, which you know, eventually you would get that, but. People don't understand the process behind it and, you know, what it takes to get there, which I kind of went into, you know, it is a grueling process, but, you know, Alhamdulillah, no complaints. Um, You know, uh, people, but people do definitely have this misconception and this perception that we have it all and it's really easy and, you know. It's not the case. Yeah, yeah. Um. Now, any uh plugs you would like to give to the people out there, or like shoutouts you want to give to? Currently, mm, shout out to my friend Mansoor Assad who drove all the way from Akron just to see me. Uh, we've been besties since undergrad, but really since med school, like that's when we became like this. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Crossing my fingers right now. Yeah. Um, shout out to you for creating this podcast. I think it's great. Thank you. It's a great way. It's a great platform to reach your target audience of young professionals. Mm -hmm. I think it's very helpful for people to hear firsthand, you know, all the work that goes into choosing the different career choices. Um, yeah, man, it's great. Keep it up. Thank you. I really no, I appreciate it a lot. Um, and doing this podcast with me, I really do appreciate you taking, my pleasure. You taking your time to come out and uh, just do this with me. Uh, I like. I would like to end with a quote, um, and it's funny that you mentioned uh, him already, Muhammad Ali. Um, Goat, greatest of all time. Yes, he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life. Muhammad Ali. That's beautiful, man. And on that note. We're, I'll see you next time guys Love you, bye